Hello, hello. Welcome. It is I, Dominique. (laughs) And it's Janelle. And welcome to another episode of My Sister and Me. Woo! (laughs) It still sounds like hot breath. Never mind. It's okay. Fuck. Oh, man. This week has been crazy. Do you want to start off with the shenanigans? Get right into sure, it. Sure, why not? Because my life is full of shenanigans. Yeah, oh. it is. Always has been. No, it ha- you know what? Not today. Not today. Uh, <laughs> not going there. Okay. Well, <laughs> literally an hour ago, uh, Gloria Allred was giving a- another video of R. Kelly having sex with an underage girl. So I, I, R. Kelly, you're going to jail. It's happening. And it's, and it's like after he acted a plump fool um, on his interview with Gail King, and he is adamantly saying how, first of all, he wasn't even going to discuss the first tape. And he's just talking about like, you know, events of my past as if, you know, these were minor transfers. You ain't going to double jeopardy me. <laughs> He was the epitome <laughs> of a guilty ass nigga. He was the epitome of a guilty he, ass nigga. Exactly. And you know, my thing is, it's like Robert, we see you. We see you. There, even you know, like even if everybody was lying, even if everybody was out to get you, there are two, now three videotapes showing that you are clearly doing this so it's just ludicrous to me that he gets on this tv and I I think he believes that because he has gotten away with it for so long that people are legitimately after him because all this time he feels like he's not doing anything wrong so for people to quote-unquote all of a sudden be attacking him or he feels attacked or just telling the truth on him the truth that we have known for 30 years but are just now really trying to do something about he just he's just beside himself I so and I guess and what's funny though what's interesting is that I really want to know what the agreement was with that previous woman who bailed him out of jail because he clearly had enough money to pay the minimum in back child support in order to get out of jail the second time. Okay, so it's so funny you bring that up because Vernon and I just talked about this. And I mean, R. Kelly, he he a fool, but he ain't a, he ain't. When it comes to his money, he ain't he ain't a dummy. So we know he's hiding money because I'm like, you just ain't got friends out here that's you know paying your bond like that or the bare minimum for you to get out. So he got money somewhere. And I don't know, Swiss account, whatever. But I mean, I just, there's just so much to say about the, 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 the nigga shit that's just partaking right, right now. I just, I just want to commend Gail on her journalistic integrity, like the calmness that she had during this whole interview. It's just, remarkable because the way 
you can see the way that he was hovering over her and like jumped up and acted a fool. You could see how he probably uses those same tactics, right, with other people. Oh yeah, like trying. And to she was, and she was not having it, right? And she was just sitting there, like he was a two-year-old having a tantrum, and she was his yeah, mama. He, like I mean, I'm just got you. So she, she probably come. looked at R. Kelly as if he was a child, and was just like, "All right, because you, you finish? Is you finished or is you done?" Right, because he was definitely being a child in that moment. So she just was waiting her turn and continued to ask him these questions. And he just kept digging himself further and further into um, deeper and deeper into holes. Honestly, I'm I'm surprised. Listen, I'm telling you, it makes no sense whatsoever that this fool would go, I I would never ever and I mean and, and part of it is common sense but you I would never go on on the air like that and I know I just got out of jail for some like crazy fuck shit why would you go and especially for R. Kelly we know he's not the sharpest tool in the shed like why would you go and like just make it, this shit even worse like well one he does not have any common sense because common sense would tell you not to be doing the shit that you have been I'm doing. I'm going to say that's arrogant for the past. And ego. And like again, he thinks that he can't be double jeopardy, which is why he kept shouting that well, out, which I'm like, dog, that's not what that means. Back to what I was saying. One, he can't he does not have common sense because if he had common sense, you would not be out here um, being a pedophile because common sense would tell you that that's inappropriate beyond inappropriate Two, it is evident that he does not have um, a credible team around him because again the team that he has had around him for the past 30 years has been complicit in all of his actions that he's been partaking in all this time did so you see I could see did you see that clip of I guess was that his publicist that black man in that Fendi outfit <laughs> yeah okay okay so (laughs) yeah like let me speak um so what i was what was i saying shit dominique you got me all off track um so yes he obviously does not have um a legitimate credible team around him to guide him properly so it's very easy to see how he is doing this interview. It's easy to see how he gets caught up in all of these interviews that he gets caught up in. So I wouldn't expect anything more or less from R. Kelly and his team. I just hope that during this trial, he everybody actually stands their ground and actually shows up to testify. And finally, he is... Um, these women get some semblance of justice mm. and seeing him locked up. So, but we'll see. I don't know. I, one can only hope. I, I just hope that this time, again, that what, without the testimony of people in the video or not, that they just get him this time. Because these are these are yeah. like our little black girls, you know what I mean? Like this is not okay. 
and I hate to say that it's you know a racial thing, but a lot of times it it is. Like I mean, look at the Michael Jackson thing. Like the reason why that even gets the play that that it gets is because it's white boys that are at the center of that controversy, you know, that case. So I don't know. Well, and well, the thing I. I'm not 100% sure because I was in high school and I haven't really looked it up as far as the first time R. Kelly actually went to trial for all of this. I don't know who brought these charges against him. Um, but I just hope, again, like these girls, since they did basically give their testimony via this Lifetime documentary, that they will do the same um, when it comes time for him to come to court, go to court. Yeah. Uh, it's but yes, I definitely agree with you. Like for these past 20 plus years, a major reason why he has gotten away with it is because his victims are black and brown girls. And because we know that he has been doing this this entire time. I mean, the fact that he was able to get married to Aaliyah at the age mm-hmm. of 15 and the fact that everybody knew that these documents had been fabricated um, and nothing ever happened. Nothing came of it. It's just astounding to me. Like this is hard proof that not only have you committed fraud, but you are engaging in sexual activity with a minor. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, maybe because like these parents are not pressing charges against him and getting paid off. But to me, it's like, what, where does the actual law come in? Like, how is it that even though, like, this parent may not have pressed charges, you mean to tell me, like, just the government, like, these actions aren't um, a big enough offense for just the law itself to come into play? Like, somebody has to press these charges and nobody is doing it. I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, it's just so much. Because just looking back and thinking about it the first time, like I said, it makes no sense that there was a tape and they showed that tape with that girl, Sparkle's niece. And Sparkle said, that's my niece. And her best friend said, that's my best friend. And it still didn't go over well. I'm like, you know, this ain't OJ, you know, and we let him off because of Rodney King. Like, this is this is a whole different territory. And it's just bizarre to me that you have a jury that would still say, oh, that wasn't him. Let's get him off. Like, it makes no sense. And even even his, his uh-huh. dying, like, his attorney, his that his former attorney came out and said R. Kelly's guilty that's him like he's doing these things like don't let him swindle you like it's him so I just hope that justice is really you know finally served for these the people that are involved and low key I feel like the parents should get time I feel like the no they definitely should um, and I don't and I don't well, going just taking a step back, I don't think that they even said that or denied that that was not him in the tape. Um, but one of the people that they had interviewed 
in the R. Kelly documentary said that he just did not believe those girls. Like the people who were testifying um, against R. Kelly, he just said he just did not like how they looked and he didn't believe them. So that to me was the most damaging. It wasn't that he did not think that that was R. Kelly in this tape. He just didn't believe what everybody else was saying because they were black girls. So that is the part that's probably the most, the saddest, because again, like you said, you're looking at the video, you see him, you see her, how, how is he free? So. This is crazy how, how people are so abusive and just like, you know, right off you know, something that a black woman or a black person says. May in particular black women. You know what I mean? It's just bizarre. Well, they say that all the time. Like even in like the medical field. Um, I know they had done some interview with some doctor and he was basically saying how black women, like the level of pain that black women experience in hospitals doctors they just don't believe them just like serena for instance she has she not previously had this blood clot and experienced what that felt like they were not listening to her when she was telling them there is something wrong and she had to demand that they give her mri in order for them to even take her seriously and like this is right after she had um olivia and they were just like, oh, you fine. Like, you're not hurt. Like, you're not in pain. They just don't believe the things that are coming out of your mouth. So that's why it's just so important for us as Black women to really not only be supportive of each other, but really make ourselves known. Like, we have to work extra hard to be seen in society and we just have to be vigilant and it's unfortunate that we have to do that but we have to and because if nobody else if we don't hear each other nobody else will so hopefully yeah but um speaking of you kind of mentioned michael jackson before did you watch leaving neverland oh uh, (laughs) um yes i watched it yesterday well I didn't even finish all of part two uh okay I just watched part one yeah I got to I had like maybe like 30 minutes left of part two uh I watched it it was interesting I so you're not conflicted no I just no no I'm not at all um and I feel like that's the part of me that like I feel fucked up because I know I have to keep the same energy across the board because at the end of the day it's still kids involved that are getting uh, like molested and taken advantage Mm -hmm. of by adult people but again it's just so many questions I have for the the families you know uh, like the, the parents involved like um and how you you know like when you have when you first of all when you're a woman like we just have these instincts like you know uh our intuition is like 
heightened by a trillion, you know, from men. So the moment that you feel weird or doubt anything, how come you did you didn't follow that? You know, I, I was thinking about one of the and like I said, I'm not blaming just blaming the the victims or the parents or anything. Michael Jackson has a clearly has a problem or have had because he's dead. Uh, oh goodness! But it's just cause the mom she said how they used to have a suite next door to Michael Jackson's and then from there they kept making rooms like her her room she'd be on a completely different floor or at the other end of the hallway right. or you know she thought well, that I was think- strange and they would feed her the same thing like oh you know we couldn't get you a, a suite everything else was sold out uh, you know it, it, it was just as she said it didn't sit right with her so, well, I think what's interesting about the whole thing, um, again, like I, I cannot particularly say these things are true or false because we don't have any hard evidence. We just have their story. Right. But I will say it felt quite evident that things, the at least the story that they told, it made it seem as though all of this was very much orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Um and it was very insidious how it was mm-hmm. all done. Um, and you can see how the parents themselves were even kind of trained up. Because like the one mom, uh, what was his name? Jimmy? I think so. Not Wade. <laughs> like not Wade. His right. mother. Because they kind of talked to that other guy way more than they did with Ray- Wade Robinson. Yeah. Um, but she had said like the first trip they went on and you know, her son wanted to stay in the room with Michael Jackson. She was like, absolutely not. Right. Like, but she made, but she was like, that was their first trip. But then the more they were with him, the more and more it was, you know, like you were saying with the hotel, the rooms. And she was like, okay, that makes sense, you know. And it just like further and further away. But I think by the time he was actually doing something with these kids, if, if he was actually doing something with these kids, enough time had passed and enough of these instances had occurred to where those red flags, like the parents weren't, were no longer, no longer raising those red flags. It no longer seemed odd to them. So then by the time um, they are, you know, and this is a person, he's staying at their house. Right. Like, which right, is that's crazy what I to me. It's like, why is Michael Jackson staying at y'all house? Like, because, but, that is- but see, it was like she said, when he would come, and he would let out that sigh and like ran his arms out. It was like he was home. Like he was like relieved to have some type of normalcy in his life. Like she said, she he was she was washing his clothes. He was doing all this, you know. Right. But the one thing that was still, even before um, I guess Jimmy has said it, he said it was the same thing. Like I, I thought it was bizarre that he never really interacted with the the fathers and that could also stem mm-hmm. from his abuse as a child from his own father yeah so i mean all of all of this is some level wh- whether he did the stuff or not you could honestly say that his infatuation with recreating this childlike behavior is bizarre yeah 
to the ex- the extent that he has done. Because so. I'm like, y'all don't think it's anyway. weird that your eight year old son is taking Michael Jackson toys? It's one thing, you know. I'm an adult. I love Barbie, and you give me a Barbie doll, but <laughs> it's like. I'm not about to be, you know, like playing dolls with you. You're not my kid or whatever. Like, and I understand your friends. No. And you you don't find it strange that he doesn't have friends, at least, you know, industry friends that he has some type of relationship with. You know, like, but I think that's all. I'm 30 years old. I don't have no friends. Something is off with me. It ain't the world. But that's right. I agree. And I think that's something to be said. If, if, if all of this is in fact true, this is ultimately this whole ploy in order to kind of like lure these kids and lure these families to have this type of relationship. Because just like Jimmy's mom, like their first experience after shooting the commercial and, you know, Michael wanted to see him in his trailer. And the only reason why she let him go was because like his makeup artist said oh it's fine you know Michael is like a nine-year-old boy how he's like a nine-year-old boy and this man is good and grown at this point you know and she's outside of the trailer but still like this is one of those things where you know like why do you want to see him without me it's you know like that doesn't make sense and I get like she I think they get so enthralled into this whole celebrity and the possibility of what these these people can do for their kids as far as pushing their career, right. pushing their own personal agendas as far as their children are concerned, that they drop a lot of red flags or they don't wait question a lot of things because they don't want anything. Like his mom kept saying how she did not want to interfere with her his time with Michael because she didn't want to potentially ruin something that could be great right like if her if Michael was gonna put her son on she didn't want to be in the middle of it because if she fuck it up now she's the reason why her son is no longer you know um getting jobs or what have you so I think they get so twisted in all of that that they ignore the reality Or they know what the reality is and they just don't care because they rather the opportunity for the, their kids to be whatever. And they would rather put their kids in harm's way, even though at that time you probably didn't know it was harm's way. You, you were putting your kids in those situations, but you knew that they weren't right. You knew that they were inappropriate. Like the fact that you are allowing this man, this grown man to call you and call your son and talk to him for hours upon hours makes no sense to me. Like, first of all, where, why, how, how do these kids have so much time where they can even talk to Michael Jackson on the phone like that? Like me being like a seven year old, eight year old, we, we talked on the phone with our classmates, but we weren't on the phone for like hours and hours. So the fact that you are allowing this to happen is just beyond me. But I will say this. The once what made me question Wade's Rob's Wade Robson's uh account when he said Michael Jackson's hair felt like a brillo. Girl Fish, where? Where did this silky smooth just for me Jerry Curl juice 
feel like a brillo. I head. was like, maybe the Jericho juice had dried out. That's all I fuck could... all that. Because when he said that makes me, like, <laughs> I swear, I was not trying. I was like, no, maybe he's saying that. I I swear I thought the same thing, and I was like, I know that shouldn't that should be like a minor detail, like I shouldn't be tripping, but I was like, no, like Michael Jackson didn't have like his old hair, like from when he was in Jackson Five, like, and that still wasn't even feeling like a Brillo pad, but I just, I literally, I see those. I thought the same thing, but see, those are the the details that make me question because you are so explicit in your recant of all these events that transpired but then it's like the one detail that could potentially be factual and proven because like we see i haven't touched michael jackson's hair but i can pretty much 99 percent guarantee you it was not dry nor did it feel like a brillo pad and the fact that you made that analogy do you think michael jackson got blowouts or do we think he had a perm because how was it like what we think Oh, I don't know. He had a process, you know. Like, okay, when it used, it's like a cherry curl. That's what he had. But by the time, like he, you know, when he was wearing it, was like bouncy. Uh, was he getting a blowout, or you know, and then they was pressing it or flat ironing it? Like, I just got so many questions. It was. It's definitely. It was definitely some chemicals. Um in his hair it's some type of like process where they could do your hair where it's still like loose waves but it's not like as tight a curl as a jerry curl and it didn't require all that juice but (laughs) it's definitely (laughs) (laughs) but no it's definitely um it's definitely like a similar uh process as like a relaxer I feel like but it's just not it leaves your hair with like a loose wave. It's called, I think it's like a texturizer. I think that's what it's called. Oh. And it just like changes the texture of your hair, but it doesn't necessarily straighten it all the way. You remember like when Ryan had that texturizer? When who? <laughs> he was trying to cut it out. Ryan. Yeah. So I think it's something like it was some type of process like that. I, I do remember that because I'm trying to think if that was during the time he accidentally cut that piece of hair too low. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> this time. <laughs> Wait, sidebar, did I tell you uh, Vernon recently did that? He cut his hair too low no. in the back because it was a piece that was too low. I mean, too long and he cut I- it. <laughs> okay, we're going to cut the part out. Okay, so we got to move on to the next uh, tidbit. Oh man, I'm sorry. What else is? I wish you could have. What else is going on? Uh, what else is going on in the news? Um, Ludacris kind of said something that was a ludicrous, a little bit of ludicrous to me. And what did he say? Um, I don't follow Ludacris. Uh, like I said, I kind of stopped talking with Ludacris when he had ghetto twins, but he made a comment about his daughter. Uh, one of his, mm-hmm. his younger daughters. Uh, her mom is African, and okay. he referred to her as his ha- half African light skinned baby. What? See, okay, because your what was like my what, and I like turned my nose up. 
Well, like, what are you trying to say? Ignorant like, nigga shit is what he's trying to say. And I, I just commented on it because, of course, I saw it in the shade room, and I was just like, "Wow, way to uh, what a way to perpetuate this, you know, colorism in our community." Which colorism, because you know, is across all like races. Like, I have friends that are darker Mexicans that get. I don't know, one hundred percent. But I'm I'm trying to understand. Like, what was he trying to say? Was he just trying to say that she is half African, but then? not have black but have light skin I think he was trying to say I got a baby that's African but she also light skin but she light skin but your wife is light because skin because Africans so can't be light skinned but it's like but because Africans can't be light skinned because people are ignorant and they don't realize that Africans come in all colors of the fucking rainbow I mean all black people come in all colors of the fucking rainbow that is true my friend so, I think it's ludicrous we even talking about this. <laughs> I'm so over, and I think it, it, it bothers me just because I am, like, I've experienced colorism from, like, black, like, not black people, black men, and it's like, they're mm-hmm. the main ones that keep that bullshit up, you know, for the most part. Oh, yeah, um... I 100% agree with you and I will say this and I was thinking about talking about this actually this week because I wanted to highlight um, this particular artist that I like love but definitely after watching that Color Girl documentary like I was definitely always privy to colorism for sure. I guess I just because I'm not of darker skin I just did not realize that particular experience until hearing these women kind of talk about their experience and how much they were looked over and a lot of the discrimination that they felt and the unworthiness that they felt came from Black men, especially in, you know, what's going on now, the whole trend of this, not even that not even light-skinned women are quote-unquote acceptable. It's these like racially ambiguous, it's these kind of like Kardashian looking women, like these white women who look like they have a little bit of something else to them that is in that has been in actually for the past, I don't know, a good 10-15 years or so it feels like and it just is really upsetting that um these women go to such extremes to kind of stop that, you know, making sure that they only date a certain type of man because they don't want the potential to have a child and that child be dark as well. And then experiencing the same things that they are experiencing. And it kind of traumatized me. And at that point, especially considering, you know, um, at that time I was considering procreating and I was thinking to myself man like if I have a child and I have a daughter and then there's a high probability that she will be dark-skinned and how is she going to feel and so I started like filling my house and that's that's why I have all these images of very dark-skinned women because it's like if that were to be the case I wanted like my child to know that their black is beautiful and that the darker you are, like the better it is. 
just to kind of like counteract all the things that they would feel in society. You know, it's weird because I don't think that seeing those images per se would still... I I know, at least for me, um, in the conversations that mom had with me and, you know, or with you, you know, it was just making it known that because someone had fairer skin, didn't make them any more desirable or, you know, smarter Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, better than me. And so I knew Mm -hmm. that as such, like, this is like early Montessori days, you know, like, kindergarten, first grade. I remember Mm -hmm. having those conversations with mom and I just I think for me like hearing that and having a parent tell you that like every day and reiterating you know that to you and building you up Mm -hmm. and yet because a a person Mm -hmm. can see images I mean people I mean though now we're seeing it more and more you know um you know, more darker skin in like the media. Nothing is mm-hmm. more like nothing as a. I'm trying to get this out right. I'm sorry. I'm stumbling. Um, as dope or as encouraging as you having a parent and like, because it's different when you see it, but when you hear it from someone that loves you, because who gives a fuck what the media says? Like, I don't. We don't subscribe to that. Like, you know what I mean? But it's different. Well, I just. But. No, I and I get what you mean. Like, definitely having that positive reinforcement at home is 100% necessary. But at the same time, I feel like even with that, not seeing images of yourself um, can be detrimental because there is like a certain, and I think too, okay, for instance, like our experience growing up, like I feel like I remember mom always telling you, you know, girls, you know, people not going to like you because you have long hair. Yeah. And then her telling me that people weren't going to like me because, or feel a way about me because um, yeah. I was lighter skinned. But I also felt on some level that I was kind of teased because I am the lightest person in our household that I was teased for being light. Did and I so tease you? I... I don't, I can't say that you particularly tease me. I was like, well, I thought you were busy playing Barbies. I'm sorry if I, well, no, I don't, I don't think it was in this, like, I'm picking on you and I'm making you feel less than, but I think there was definitely comments said that made me feel out of place. Really? Oh. Um, at home. And I, that's, that's why I was all about like trying to tan and being darker because all y'all bitches was darker oh, than me and you. I wanted to fit in. <laughs> no, but I mean, first of all, on the spectrum of dark versus light, you, you and mom aren't dark at all to me. Like you guys fall definitely in the middle, but I definitely felt like an outsider that color wise, I wasn't dark enough. Really interesting. I yeah. kind of do remember you wanting to get a tan. I remember one year you was mad that daddy went on that cruise, that he still tricked us about asking us, did we want to go to Akira, your family reunion? But he didn't say it was on a cruise ship, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> we got to send him this episode. Um, but I I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's so crazy because I would have never you know, thought that. Like, I just remember mama, you know, saying things like, don't let a nigga make an ass out of you because you're yellow. 
or you know things like that but that was the thing I feel I feel like a lot of those even though I know her goal was to protect me and kind of warn me like this is how society is it also felt like all of these negative things will potentially happen to you because people will have this perception of you Mm -hmm. being lighter skinned and so I feel like that definitely had an adverse effect like I didn't feel like oh I'm better than people because I'm light skinned I'm like fuck I'm yellow I need to get darker like I, I feel like I had the opposite reaction and even like I remember when Jennifer was really little and remember I used to be infatuated with Gary Scythe and Ugh. I remember her saying you don't get it to this day girl I don't get it anymore either I was I just chuck it up to being young and dumb you know we all have liked people or had crushes on people and you look back on them and you realize why did I oh I don't feel like you that. recently shared you recently shared a photo oh no I didn't say why I just said I can't believe that happened to him just because it was sad oh oh well yeah but nonetheless <laughs> like I said Jennifer said something um about me being the same color as Gary Scythe and for all of you who are listening that don't know who Gary Scythe is he was <laughs> this white weatherman on Channel 11. They'll let you know how old that and, is. Channel 11 had news. Yes, Ch- Channel 11 had news. And he was the weatherman. And I thought he was fine as wine back then. Um, not today. Not at all. And he is very much like Blue Lives Matters, with make, which makes him even more unattractive. So, but nonetheless, he was this white man and my little sister at that time was probably, you know, six years old and basically can acknowledge the fact that, you know, again, I am the lighter, lightest person in the house. And she's like comparing me to this white man what, on TV saying say? that we have the exact same complexion. What did you huh? have to say? Just that we were the same color. Oh. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what we were talking about. No, we about. were talking about colorism. Like we... It's cool. No, it's just, it, but okay. it's, it's so crazy because of how the dynamic and how I felt. And, you know, like I kind of teeter, like I, I felt like there are certain things where I, I missed when it came to like the nurturing aspect of, you know, when it mothering. But it, it's crazy because I felt like those statements that were said to me, it helped build me up to the person and, and that I am today. And, you know, people mistake it for being arrogant or cocky or whatever, but I'm like, dog, like at the end of the day, I don't give a rat's ass, like who likes me or who doesn't like me. I know I'm the shit and I do this for me. Like I don't do it for anybody else. And that's what I took away from it. So it's crazy how, you know, this, the statements that were made had like the you know like a different effect on you I didn't know that I that's crazy yeah but you know I also feel that's so crazy I feel like we talk about we've gotten so much closer since we moved away and we talk about like a lot of stuff like you know you told me about the the dark girls uh documentary which hit so close to home for me because you know one of my best friends is dark skin and I saw how and even still to this day, it affected her on how it affects her. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's just crazy. Um, I love you, my little bean pie. 
No, See? I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel unloved. I just, no, I'm just, I'm just letting think, you know, you my sister. Well, thank I you, Dominique. You. I love you too. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying that I think that, you know, I've definitely grown from that mentality. That was something that I felt very much in high school and maybe even early college. Um, I don't feel that way even now. I mean, and even still, mom still makes comments about how I live in Arizona and I'm as pale as ever. And it's mainly because now I'm at this point where I'm trying to preserve my youth. Dog, it's too hot to be outside out there, man. Well, no, it's just I it's more important to me now to be wrinkle free (laughs) realizing that I don't have as much melanin as the rest of my um, ebony sisters and brothers out here. So I'm trying to preserve. Yeah, girl, I want you looking like Jasmine guy. Yeah, because, you know, even though black don't crack, light skin do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'm trying my best to stay moisturized and using whatever sunscreen even though I probably could have used more sunscreen when we were in Colombia that that Latin America heat and sun is different from the sun here but yeah you know like I'm more so about being healthy um and just loving the skin I'm in and trying to make it last as long as possible okay that's dope so, I'm, I'm glad okay well, I'm glad that you like Diddy. I'm trying to, you know, now that 35 is um, approaching, I have one more one more month left before I hit um, the big three five. So really trying to just embrace life and embrace myself and really love who I am and the skin that I'm in. And I feel like it's taken me longer than it probably should have <laughs> to kind Sorry. of, oh Lord. I know, that was scary. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's taken me longer than it probably should have to be kind of like owning who I am, like, and being unapologetic about it. You know, a part of me feels like even in the whole like light skin thing, I feel like I was so busy trying not to come off as that person, like not to come off as, oh, she thinks she fly or she thinks she cute because she light skin that I really did not embrace my cuteness Mm. because I didn't want people to think that about me because I felt like that was not who I am. But, you know, now I'm, I'm just so fine. You just can't deny it. So I just, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So anyway, um, do, do we want to talk about a black artist today? I'm sorry. I said, do we want to talk the, about the black artists today, the fashion? Well, um, well, man, we're already at 43 minutes. I think we're going to have to skip that one really quick and come back and revisit it next week. Oh, I feel like we could just like throw the name out okay, there. Okay, you can throw it out there, baby girl. It's your world. No, you sent it to me. I'm sorry? The girl that you sent oh, to Kanifa. me. Oh, Kanifa. Um, yes. She is a designer from the DMV area, and I stumbled across her because I think I have a friend that's a designer that knew that knows her, and uh, reposted mm-hmm. a picture of her 
uh, excuse me, her online store on my timeline. So I went to it and it's actually uh, pretty dope, you know, kind of like a simple yet chic designs. Um, they don't do too much. And she's moderately priced too. I think some are, a lot of her stuff starts out at around like $40 and it goes up from there. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's just dope. I definitely hope to uh, connect with her soon because, you know, I am. We'll be doing uh, more red carpets pretty soon. We can talk about that later. And um, I hope we can collaborate and she can send some stuff my way. Spell her name for people so they can look her um, up. It's her, what's her website? Uh, I, I know her Instagram is, uh, I'm sorry, it's Hanifa, that's H-A-N-I-F-A. And I believe her okay. website is Hanifa.co. Okay. And we'll be okay. sure when we post it on the site to plug her. Because, I mean, like, it's she's super dope. Like, I literally, like, she had, I, it was a pair of pants I was going to pre-order, and they were sold out on pre-order. Yeah, okay. So she, she's making waves yeah, it, out it was here. Definitely- she's, uh, who's been seeing her stuff? Um uh, I, I'm just drawing a blank right now. I feel so stupid, but I could like the Simmons girls have won her stuff, um, and I believe H- Tiffany Haddish has even worn some of her stuff. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay, well check her out. We'll definitely uh, repost her on Instagram um, and tag her in a bunch of things. That way, you guys can follow her. I know she has like this robe looking dress. She does a lot of knitwear. And if anybody, if you know me, you know, I love sweaters. Yes. Um, even still when I live in like one of the hottest cities in the country, but I still have a sweater fetish is what I like to call it. So <laughs> her stuff definitely is in line with that little um, addiction that I have for knitwear. So I even sent her a picture. I was like, oh, you should wear this for your birthday. She's like, but I want to sparkle. I was like, it has a well, little sparkle. Yes, I can't wait for your birthday. I you want, turn up. I'm going to get you drunk. I want to look like a disco ball. So hopefully this dress comes in and it fits. And <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my hair. I think what I'm going to do is slick it back in a um, ponytail. But then I want like a big obnoxious like ponytail. Oh, so uh, and I have like extra hair left over <laughs> um, from. <laughs> well, I have. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I could get my DIY on, and if not, then I'll have to like get it done. But um, I, I have a lot of um, what is it like the, like the kinky? Hair? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it gonna be kind of like how uh, Elaine Wilterworth was for the uh, the Oscars? No, I don't want it to be that. Like her, her curls are way more defined. I want this to be more like Afro hair, but okay. big. So only because I already own it. Um, <laughs> if I don't, <laughs> if if it doesn't work out, then I would just have to give me a couple of bundles and make it work. Okay. Yeah, kind of like how I had my hair when we were in Paris, but bigger than that. Oh yeah, I forgot you ended up putting that ponytail in. Oh, That's yeah, dope. praise God, I brought that with me. Yes. Man. So, oh, those cat ears were so dope. 
Yes. But anywho, um, do you have sisterly advice for this week? I do have sisterly advice for this week. Okay. What's your sisterly advice? This is very much a Dominique episode. It is. Oh, I felt like, okay. So basically our little sister, I got looped into a group chat and I think that um, I was accidentally texting this group chat from our little cousin. And because all of a sudden I wasn't, I guess I left the group. I don't, I don't know. So essentially the, the premise of the conversation that I had with little sister was to, if you expect your life to be a certain way, to make sure the people around you mirror where you want to be and where you're going. Because Mm -hmm. unfortunately, some of the people that we will love the most will eventually fall by the wayside. And you have to yeah. rise to the occasion and be great. And sometimes it's great to take those people with you, but sometimes they will dim, they will try to dim your light. And mm-hmm. that's not to shade anybody, but I want everybody to be, you know, like that we really rock with to be great, little sister included. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just was telling her on this journey, and I feel like she's at that weird stage where, she knows, you know, where she's kind of petted, but still just unsure. And I was telling her, you know, pretty much the conversations that, you know, big sister, you know, and I have with you are, we want you to be great. We're not telling you this to be like, this is how life is. Da, 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 da. But it's just like, you know, that's why we tell you to travel. That's why we're, you know, telling you to study abroad, meet new people, because a lot of the people that you you know that you're gonna deal with you're not gonna deal with them in the next couple of years and Mm -hmm. why miss out on certain experiences that can really help you become the best universal you because you worried about you know your ghetto friend around the corner and if you know (laughs) that's not who you are and where you want to be you got to let that shit go now and I told her I said you know unfortunately the situation that's at hand with our our cousin I said, Mm -hmm. that doesn't reflect you. And that's not you. So I said, why get caught up in her drama? You know, because you're trying to be a good cousin and look out. I said, but that's going to be her life for the rest of her life now. So Mm -hmm. I said, there's nothing that's going to change. What you can change is how your life will turn out. So be great. And rise to the occasion to be great. It's not always easy bullshit will always happen but it's some of it it can be prevented so whatever measures you need to take to remove your start self from that situation i've done it to you know to so many friends because you know i that wasn't me i didn't see my myself mm-hmm. aligning with their not with their purpose per se but maybe yeah their purpose what they was doing I didn't, my life wasn't looking like that. So that's why I was like, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta put that barrier up and you can't cross it. So 100%. There is a thing called um, loving people from yes. afar. You know, you can still definitely love these people and have some form of a relationship with them, but it might not be the way that it was. Um, when you were younger or when you were just at a different stage yeah. in your life. So the trick is being able to assess when that time is coming 
to transition and it's gonna and it's always hard to kind of move on especially when it's people that you've Mm -hmm. grown up with and are really connected to and it's not so much that you are dropping them out of your life it's just kind of repositioning people um in your life day to day to serve like a greater good you know if this person is not being supportive of you especially if you're supportive of them if this person um if their goals are aligned with you, yours and not even that you have to have the exact same goals, but having goals in yep. general, you know, and both of you, you know, working together to make sure that you are meeting those goals. Like all my friends, like we all have, for the most part, all of my friends have advanced degrees and it's because like, we all have a similar mindset. We all have similar goals. Um, and wants out of life, even though we all have different paths and how we're going right, about right. it. But you know, the whole like equally yoked thing, that's just not in your romantic relationships, but all of your relationships. Um, even with like parents, with siblings, a lot of these, anybody who is kind of stopping you in a negative way from achieving your goals, just, you know, don't throw them away, but just, you know, you might not be hanging with them every single weekend. Maybe, you know, you cut out a weekend so you can do things that are more in line with what you're trying to do. And unfortunately, sometimes it's hard to see when that's even happening until you experience somebody or something that is in more line with what you're trying to do. So, but yeah, she's definitely at the age where that transition happens for a lot of people. So... So well, that's good. I'm glad that she was able to call call on you, so to speak, via text message, <laughs> whether it was on purpose or not. But it's good to know that she is reaching out because obviously she's at that that age and she's seeking advice. So oh, she didn't seek it. I, I just went. I was like, "Who is this? What's happening?" Because like, oh, she, well, you hit look. So I said, "Call me and tell me what happened." And that's what happened. I just gotcha. You know, kind of. Gave her my little monologue or soliloquy. Yep. I, I like soliloquy and... better. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you just never know. And it's it's hard, especially with our little sister, because I feel the way that she grow up, grew up, is, even though we all grew up in the same household, I feel like she grew up very differently than what we did. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's harder to relate one because we have such a huge age gap but just kind of the different morals and stuff that were instilled in us not to say that they weren't instilled in her I just think they weren't so actively done mm-hmm. because you know mama was old oh shit. <laughs> lord jesus a fire that's huh? the lord jesus it's a fire <laughs> yeah so um but yeah no that's true and like I said that was just my little tidbit for the week I was like oh I I was exhausted after I got the phone but I felt much better you know once mm-hmm. I've laid it out there for because I'm like you need to know like it is about to yeah. get real you know so yeah and you know too just because something is things are going to happen where it feels like 
there is going to be like a rift and trying not to take it personally because yes, our cousin's life is about to change in a very dramatic way and just trying to just be as supportive as you possibly can but without taking on too much of it and realizing that things are going to get hard for her for her and you know she might take things out on you and realizing that it's not you yep it is that situation so and I think that's another thing just as women like we all go through these things women people in general we all go through a lot of shit in life and really trying to be cognizant of how we are dealing with our own personal stresses and our own personal transitions in life and how they are affecting the people around us. So just trying to be as even keeled as possible, even though we know that's easier said than done. That's true. That is so true. So, But we have been here for 57 minutes, Dominique. 57 minutes and 8 seconds. <laughs> you know, I, the show. I, I do want to say happy 60th birthday to Barbie you and Patrick oh, yeah. I know we can talk about Barbie next week but I'm going to write a birthday, birthday post about Barbie you can read it on my website saint-angelus.com because you the shit bitch and I love you and Barbie's was my life at one point I feel like it still kind of is too much of my um, life I swear it is still You know, Barbie is just so, like, monumental, I feel like, in both of our upbringing. And I think when we, like, watched that documentary, I feel like Barbie had gotten a really bad rap. Barbie got such a bad rap. Yeah, and it just, it was just crazy to me because that's not how I viewed Barbie at At, all. uh, White people, white people waiting, you know, letting the media, society raise their kids because I didn't look at Barbie like none of that. Well, and I and I won't even say that so much society raising your kids, but like I said, like the media does have a big impact, and by us really not being visible in the media at that at that time, I think it did affect white women so much differently than it may have black women because we were used to not seeing ourselves, let alone seeing ourselves a certain way, right? You know, during you know during that time. So for white women, like to not see your own you see yourself represented but then to see yourself represented in a specific way I could see how they may have especially with the whole feminist movement and all of that I could see how they had such a negative effect or how Barbie had such a negative effect on them whereas we didn't have any type of visual representations of ourselves at that time so we really weren't comparing ourselves to Barbie because Barbie is this white woman and we are not that Even like the, and then when we did get like black Barbies, you know, it was just like, oh, I'm just glad that her skin is black. I'm not thinking about like what her body looks like and all of these unrealistic body standards. Like, honestly, I have not felt that pressure until probably recently with all these ass injections. Yeah, <laughs> but it's weird because, you know, I remember when we grew growing up, we didn't have nothing but black Barbies. Like, mama wasn't trying to give us white Barbies and I feel like the first one right. we had was that ambiguous one it was that Hawaiian Barbie what was her name Tanya uh, 
I don't and know. Because we didn't even have Ken for a minute. We had Steve, his best friend. And actually, we had Malik. Girl, Steve <laughs> and his nasty B to B's. You, you no, 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 no. <laughs> no, he. You remember Malik? Though? I do remember Malik. Was but Malik wasn't a Barbie. We, he was like the African. Malik was Malik was not a Barbie, but I feel like Malik was our first man. Yeah. We did get Malik before, but so for a long time, unbeknownst to us, our Barbies were transgender because we would just designate one of the women to be that's a man. True. You know, and that's what it was. But we didn't think anything of it. We was just like, all we need a dude. You gonna be the dude today, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, like that's just what it, it really was. was. Dog man, you know the innocence of children. All right, man, look, Barbie, I'm still determined to get my dream house, okay? My dream car. (laughs) It's coming soon. Okay. But anyway, guys, we're going to wrap it up because now it is 61 minutes. So thank you so much for tuning in to listen to our rants and randomness um, this particular episode. And... We hope to hear from you next week. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at thisismysisterandme at gmail.com. DM us at thisismysisterandme. Um, you can follow us there or on our personal Instagram accounts. I'm my life is Nell, and that's N-E-L-L-E. And Dominique is at St. Angeles. Thank you. See you guys next week. Bye.